Hey folks, hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, welcome back to Morning Java. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, thank you for listening and checking it out. Uh, for you returning, welcome back. Hey, obviously, I appreciate your listens. I appreciate everyone's listens. But thanks for taking the time into your day to check this out and uh, letting me try to uh, change your life. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. But I was thinking about my time in the Guard so far, in the National Guard. For those who don't know, I've been in for nine years. I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. And where I joined when I was that, or like how I was, or how my life was, when I joined back in the day, and where I think I am now. Fun fact, actually, the old army dress uniform has been referred to as the pickle suit because of its green color. Just thought I would throw that out there as a fun fact but so I joined in February of 2012 just over nine years ago today it's uh March 9th 2021 I remember being nervous about being away from home for so long I've been away from my parents for months at a time before for example when I was a young boy my parents would send me to Chile to visit with family and spend time with my brothers for the summer so just like over a couple months, you know, two and a half months or whatever. But now this time leaving for basic, I was going away with a bunch of random dudes that aren't my boys. And when I enlisted, I was kind of sick of being at the same job in the same town, busting my ass and feeling like shit. I was fresh out of high school and I was not about to go off to college. I didn't really like school, uh, education and I didn't really get along at that point in time. Anyways, my aunt would have been able to help me pay for school for college, but I didn't want to rely on her to pay for my education since my parents couldn't. Even though my mom often compared me to my brothers, my older brothers, my older siblings when I was growing up and told me that I had to be successful just like they were, that I had to go to school because I grew up with a mom and they didn't. So that meant that I should be a bookworm, you know? So, you know, growing up like that kind of sucked. And needless to say, her attitude and expectations and all of this of, you know, what I was supposed to do with my life after high school and my education, it, you know, ended up actually drawing me further away from school. I lost a lot of interest and I had terrible grades throughout high school. I really didn't give a shit. I took a couple classes at community college after high school and I didn't even try. And kind of stems from the time when I lived in Bolivia Yes, I was born there. My family is from Chile. So let's just say my parents thought IUDs were 100% effective. <laughs> Anyways, uh, my grandpa, Luis, lived in Bolivia near my parents. So I grew up being with him, like picking me up from school. And we'd spend weekends together, which meant he would teach me and help me with my homework all the time. And he would, you know study with me and he would always push me to work ahead and and get stuff done ahead of time and then one time his famous line I told him hey my teacher got mad at me because I did some work ahead and she didn't really appreciate that and he like took his glasses off put them down on this desk he used to work at an old lumber yard lumber mill and he put his glasses down he stepped out of his chair and he was like he put his arms up in the air with his hands facing upwards and he yelled I know more than your teachers in Spanish and then he sat back down and I was like 
Okay. Yeah, that's that's legit. Yeah, sure. Whatever you say, man. So we would spend most of our days like that. He'd pick me up from school after school. But unfortunately, he passed away around the time that I moved to the U.S. And ever since then, I lost just about all interest in school and learning in, in general. Because, you know, I thought if I couldn't learn from my abuelito anymore, I thought, you know, there's no point. You know, fuck this. Fuck school. So fast forward to 2012. I'm out of high school, sick of working at a shop, doing oil changes and state inspection stickers for the state of Mass. So I started working at a gym instead, of course. And my boss was a dick. His boss was a dick. And his boss's sister, well, she was a bitch. So, of course, the next logical step will be going to work at a restaurant, right? Yep. Well, I I did enjoy working there because I love cooking, but the atmosphere at the restaurant wasn't great. Like, most servers, with the exception of, like, a couple of them and, like, the hosts, were shitbags. And, honestly, the kitchen staff wasn't any better either. There was a lot of questionable characters, and, I mean, it is what it is. It kind of comes with the territory, right? Most people, I feel like most people don't want to work in kitchens, so it kind of just attracts people who are, like, willing to work in kitchens and be dirty fucks to get paid. So I said, fuck it. And I talked to the sales guy, one of the sales guys at the gym that I had worked at before, and which I still trained and worked out at. And I asked him if he could uh, get me in touch with a recruiter. A few months later, some fingers in the butt and some wildly inconvenient green card issues later, I was headed to Missouri. Fort Lost in the Woods. I did some sweating, some yelling, shooting, moving, communicating, calling some cadence, and getting into some fights, because that's kind of what you do when you're, you know, it's a bunch of dudes locked into somewhere and they're all angry. And I gave a speech at graduation, said bye to my friends, some friends, made some more friends at AIT, which is where you learn your job, which is where I learned how to drive big trucks, you know, motor T, living that motor T life, baby. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I thought it was really cool back then, okay? So leave me alone. Once I ended up in my unit, I thought I was going to encounter all these high-speed soldiers, all these kick-ass weekend warriors, some shit-talkers, maybe some people who like to work together and get shit done and you know get after it with some cheers and some man sodas after you know after drill after the drill weekend but I was a new boot and I was expecting you know the people at my unit to be like how the the cadre and the people on on active duty were but just was not it was not it was not the case I saw all I saw was a bunch of fat fox some of which were just like soup sandwiches and, you know, I was a new boot. I was ready to rock. And I definitely let my enthusiasm get the best of me back then. Since then, I've left my unit and come back. The unit I ended up in when I left wasn't what I thought it was going to be. There was a lot of shit I didn't like there. Some hella fraternization, some adultery with a little side of fragile egos and some unwanted sexual advances sprinkled right on top. So needless to say, I got the fuck out of there, and yeah, I did bring up some of those individuals to the leadership who were up to no good before I left, and uh, they were actually complicit in their bad behavior, which makes it a lot worse, makes, you know, retention. It hurts retention, and it hurts the people working for the organization, like, at the lowest level. So it's not that bad. Uh, This unit, you know, we don't have those types of issues. We, We have our own issues, but it's like any organization, right? 
some things have changed in the year that I was away from my unit. Mostly good changes. The teams are more manageable now, and most of the new soldiers are willing to learn and open-minded. Uh, there was definitely a couple of years in between before I left where it seemed like we just got anyone that could pass an ASVAB and not like the high test scores either, except maybe a couple. <laughs> not to mention, I've gotten to do a lot of cool shit in my, in my army career, right? So it's not all bad. I'm not trying to say that my experience in the guard or, you know, in the, in the military or what have you is, has been bad all, you know, this whole time. I've been allowed to participate in some cool schools, cool schools. Yeah. I've been, um, I, I was awarded the opportunity to participate in the German armed forces proficiency course, which has some physical events like a ruck march, a swim in uniform without boots, first aid event and a pistol shoot. And I think I'm, I'm forgetting a couple other ones. It's like an agility, it's like an agility course, which is pretty cool. And, uh, a buddy and I got to do a grenade qual course. So just how you qualify with your weapon, your M4 or whatever your issued weapon is. Some people qualify on the 249 saw, the 240 Bravo, the, you know, the light machine guns, and then the, the mod deuce, the M2 for gunnery. And, uh, you know, we did a, we did a grenade course, which was awesome because we were, since we're truck boys, we don't really, we don't really get the opportunity to do that shit. But since we were the ammo providers, the ammo detail, we, you know, they, they were like, Hey, you guys want to throw some fucking grenades, you know, absolutely. I'm going to throw some goddamn grenades. Hell yeah. I, what else? Oh yeah. I got the opportunity to shoot a javelin, which if you don't know what a javelin is, it's one of the most badass shoulder fired rocket systems that you can like, like imaginable, like I like dreamt of. I got to shoot one of those as part of an ammo detail. I was really lucky to do that because those things are like hella expensive. Definitely the most expensive piece of equipment I've ever used in the military to like destroy something. Right. It was kind of, it was really legit luck of the draw. Like they took all our CAC ID cards and they put them in a hat and then they literally picked names out of a hat. And my name was one of those names. I got to shoot a javelin. They'd already, they already had like designated people who were going to shoot them, but I got lucky and was added onto the list, which is hella badass. I mean, it's badass. I missed, unfortunately, but hey, I still got to shoot a fucking rocket like from my shoulder. How fucking cool is that? Honestly, I blame the crossover, which is at least I believe that's what it's called, and somebody can correct me. But it's when you look through a thermal sight and everything in the foreground and background of your target, including the target, is the same temperature. So when you're using a thermal optic, everything pretty much looks the same or looks very similar and shapes kind of melt together a little bit in the optic. It's it's a real thing. Like You can look this up. I was told this by the subject matter experts at the Javelin detail, I guess you could call it, the Javelin operators. But yeah. Oh, I got offered Mountain Warfare School and my little ass legs made that grueling expedition, which is awesome. It's a really tough course. And uh, the attrition rate, the dropout rate was pretty high. And I got the chance to reclass later down the road, not to mention the school benefits that I didn't even take advantage of until my first contract was up. Oh, until after my first contract was up. 
because I signed a six-year contract when I first got in. I finally got my shit together and picked up a promotion, which was cool. As scary as it was to think about leading troops and being in charge of people, I think I'm doing an okay job for, you know, a weekend warrior. I like the challenge it brings. I've enjoyed instructing and teaching them so far. My soldiers, they, you know, they like to learn and they have a really good attitude, so it makes it a lot easier for me as a leader. I'm glad I decided to go back to school again after being out of school for so long after joining the army. Since I work full time, I started school part time. One class here and there at a different community college near Bilrico where I used to live. So I went to Bunker Hill Community College when I got out of basic. I did a couple courses and then I just kind of gave it up for a while. And then once I, when I lived in Bilrico, my roommates were really pushing me to do school. And I was a little bit more inclined to actually study because I thought I was going to, you know, well, they did support my decision to go to school. I didn't have the support and help and stuff at home like I would have liked, but that's not here nor there. I mean, they did what they could. They were also busy individuals. But now I'm doing school online, which I enjoy a lot more than in person. And yeah, it means uh, some more screen time, but at least I have the luxury of not having to travel which gives me ample time to focus on studying. And if something is important to you, then you really need to make time for it, right? Or you should make time for it. Plus, the Army has helped me in a way, I know, right? Crazy, like the Army helping helping someone. Uh, the Army, well, my Army career has helped me continue my education. It's not a traditional education, like from college, but it's an education nonetheless, right? So all this time I was learning and getting an education and I thought I couldn't go to college and get what society considers like a real education, right? You know, with air quotes. I think I was afraid to fail and I thought I was dumb because I didn't get good grades in high school. I also thought I was dumb because I didn't go to college right after high school. And I remember specifically when everybody was applying to schools and stuff, they were getting all their their acceptance letters and, and shit like that. And everybody was talking about, oh, I, I got into this school and I got into this school. And I'm like, yeah, I got into community college. What's up? You know, which yeah, it was a little bit uh, upsetting to say the least, you know. And I, I also don't think I was ready for college. I mean, I couldn't afford it for one, so I had to postpone it. The Army has also helped me with that. And I swear this isn't a sponsored episode. It's not sponsored by the Army. But since I've been in for a grip, right, the school I go to is a lot cheaper with some benefits that being a, technically a veteran is gives you, right? Because the school gives veteran discounts. So technically being a veteran, even though I haven't been overseas, I don't like to think of myself as a veteran, but I am uh, taking advantage of that benefit. And yes, for those who know or don't know that I know, yes, state schools are free if you qualify for the tuition waiver. Like if I went to community college, that's free with the tuition waiver. Uh, you have to maintain a high GPA, which obviously it's like a it's like a grant essentially, right? I just like the school that I'm attending, and the courses are really affordable, you know, because of that discount. Oh, and I I got a free citizenship out of the deal, right? So when I joined the army, that was another big reason I wanted to join. I wasn't paying no eight hundred damn dollars for no fucking citizenship. And my parents definitely weren't going to pay for it because they could hardly pay for their own. So they were going to pay me to get my citizenship, essentially. <laughs> so like I said earlier, it's if it's important to you, you make time for it, no matter what it is. You know, if you want to get better at knitting sweaters for your fat cat Gary, right? You know, block out some time to practice. 
knitting, you know, watch some YouTube videos about it, maybe read about it. I don't know. Like I said, if it's important, you'll make time for it. You'll find the res- the resources, right? And, you know, you'll you'll get after it and get it done. There's a lot of things that I've done that I've learned from YouTube, honestly. And I guess now TikTok is pretty popular for people learning stuff. I've definitely seen some, like, screen grab videos from TikTok shared on Instagram. And they definitely are like, oh, I don't know. I could do that with eggs, you know, just kind of silly shit like that. But prime example, right, I busted the transmission in my old WRX and I had no idea how to replace it, right? Or I had no money to replace it. That's the thing. The dealership wanted to charge like $2,400 after they had... So I, I brought my old Subaru back real quick. I brought my old Subaru to a dealership to fix it because I thought that something was broken. Obviously, I was making a loud noise while I was driving, like a loud clicking noise. And it only got worse the faster you drove. And the fastest I was able to really drive with bearing, like being able to bear all that noise was like 40 miles an hour, right? And uh, so I diagnosed it since I had spent some time in, in a shop and gotten some experience working on cars through high school and, and all that stuff because uh, I was in a tech program. I knew with some certainty that like, oh, this is probably what's wrong with the car. So I brought it to this dealership and I said, hey, I've done a lot of research. This seems to be a common problem. I'm pretty sure this is what's broken on this car. It was a center differential in my opinion. And I said, hey, you know, parts and labor are this much. That's what I'm willing to pay roughly. And I'd save money for this. So, you know, I was good to go. And I said, this should be, this should be good. This should fix it. Like, I hope it does. You're going to replace the seals and the bearings anyways, when you do this job. So, you know, just do that. And then I'll come back, pick up my car. We'll be good to go. Needless to say, like I came back and they had done something completely different on my car. They just replaced some seals and a couple bearings. And then they were like, oh, the noise is still there. And I thought, well, yeah, of course it's still there. You didn't do what I asked. You know, if, if, if you'd done what I asked and then I was wrong. Like, okay, I would have paid for that, you know, cause I, I pay for my own mistakes. Right. But instead they were like, you know, we, we have a transmission at this other dealership. We can get it for you in a couple of days and install it. It'll, you know, the whole parts and labor, it'll, you know, run you like 2,500 or something like that with a new rear diff. Cause you had to get a new one. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll be back next week. Fucking never came back obviously. And I bought a transmission and diff online had it shipped for free and all of that was 750 bucks which was fucking sweet right some youtube videos later some man sodas later i fucking fixed it and borrowed a garage for my aunt one of her houses and then my car was fixed it was great so you know if you're in a if you're in a pinch if you're in a bind something you don't know how to do something there's plenty of resources out there for you to learn how to do shit right you just have to be willing to put in the work to find them but that being said i'm gonna give you your the rest of your day back i appreciate you listening so far please remember to subscribe and follow the show uh new episodes are published on tuesdays if you like this content and the way that my voice sounds and you want to see my bald ass head you can pop on over to twitch.tv forward slash marco duro strong and if you couldn't get enough of me and thought to yourself i want to see more of that bald motherfucker you can follow me on IG at marco.duro.strong and check out 
Rosie at Rosie underscore the underscore rat dog. Rosie the rat dog on Instagram. Lastly, you can follow me on Twitter if you'd like at Marco BT, Marco BT like Bluetooth, 675 on Twitter. Thanks again for listening, pitching this one off. And always remember, embrace the suck, y'all. Peace.